1: All right, happy Options Action Friday, everybody. I'm Tyler Matheson in for Melissa Lee, and we are live from the NASDAQ markets. I've got a huge show on deck for you, and here is what's coming up.
2: Tonight on the 10-year, it's flying, but Carter Worth is about to bring this situation back down to earth, and we'll show you how to take your portfolio higher at the same time. Then the stock is held up. Dan Nathan pairs that with some other high points to work on a play. Plus, tonight, that's Mike Coe. He's delivering a way to box up the shipper ahead of earnings next week. It's time to risk less and make more. Options action starts now.
1: And welcome, everybody. Let's get the show on the road. It is the countdown to the Fed decision next week. There's the countdown. Four days, 20 hours, 28 minutes, and 38 seconds. Investors want to see if the central bank will cut interest rates for the second time this year uh, as ongoing trade tensions and concerns about economic slowdowns stoke fears of a potential recession. This is bond yields. See a bit of a boost this past week with the 10 year touching its highest level since July. But our chart master, Carter Worth says there could be a big rate route on the horizon. He's at the plasma to break it all down. Carter.
3: Right. So as is so often the case, the markets are ahead of uh, the government, uh, both at the stock level and at the bond level. And rates have moved up in anticipation of things and presumptively maybe already have priced in uh, a certain amount of what might be coming. Here is the yield chart. No judgments or annotations by me. Let's put in some lines one thing we know is that there is a fairly well-defined level where there was equilibrium from which of course race collapsed. we hit 1.45 percent we've had this big ricochet back to the underside of that line keep that in your mind's eye let's move on to the next chart I'm gonna try to bring them all together here is the downtrend that's been in effect It's, it's it is what it is it's the trend now if we put both those charts together it comes to a level right here where at about 1.95, we close at 1.9 today, 2. I would expect uh, the bump in rates to stop. So let's look at it another way. There are counter trend moves. We know this. And after counter trend moves, you get a resumption of weakness. My thinking here is this is basically at a point where this is likely to uh, abate the bump up in yield. So here's the TLT, here's the trend line on the TLT. And while we are not quite there to be fair, we are getting awfully close, and so the thinking is that on any incremental thing, the betting is that TLT is going to be good for a bounce so i don 't see rates going much more than about one nine five we 're close enough at this point. I think one wants to start rebuying TLT
1: If I am hearing Carter Wright, Mike co, uh, he is suggesting that this run. Uh, of higher rates is 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 time sensitive. What's the trade here?
4: Yeah, so it's interesting when you take a look at ETFs like TLT and, you know, other maybe correlated instruments, we could think about HYG and other bond-related ETFs, you tend to see relatively low volatility, particularly in these on treasuries. So options premiums tend to be relatively low, and we want to take advantage of that. The other thing I think we want to take a look at, though, is the fact that the moves tend to be relatively muted. You know, we might think about these moves as being fairly pronounced in, in rate terms, but in dollar terms compared to how stocks behave those moves tend to be a little bit less so basically what i was looking at was the november 136 144 call spread that thing was slightly in the money we were looking at tlt trading around 137 in change when i was looking at that you could spend 390 for the 136 calls and sell the 144s against it for 90 cents net net you're spending three dollars for an eight dollar wide call spread and what i would point out to you here and the thing that you want to pay attention to is how much extrinsic premium are you actually laying out? We're trying to minimize that. So in this particular case, $3, about a forty of that was already intrinsic premium. So it's really $1.60 in decay between now and November that you're trying to face. And so we're trying to keep that premium down. We're trying to target levels to which TLT recently came back from. So that's essentially where I think it probably caps out. And I imagine that Carter agrees with me on that.
1: Quick, mean, quick final thought before we go to Josh. With
4: no, some
3: I, I do. I mean, I, I would say everything that you're saying is in line with what I'm thinking, and I think this is the way one wants to proceed with uh, the situation at hand.
1: So you think the, this this rise back in interest rates is relatively short-lived and that the longer trend is down?
3: Longer turn rates to zero, precious metals to infinity.
1: What do you think, Dan?
5: So I, th- I think this is a really interesting trade because I think that these guys, I remember you guys called this trade, on the long side, you know, months and months ago, and implied volatility, the price of options in TLT was some of the cheapest on the board. And it's interesting, we spend so much time talking about equity volatility, the the sort of move that the TLT had. 33% 33% from its, from its trough late last year to where it just topped out a couple weeks ago is pretty extraordinary. Option prices are a lot higher now than they were months ago. And I think Mike's idea of spreading this trade makes a lot of sense. Six months ago, we would have said just buy calls because they're that cheap. And if you get the direction right, you're going to be fine. So I like the direction. I like the charts. And I like Mike's trade. I think this thing is probably going to go back up um, you know, above 140 sometime pretty soon.
1: All right, let's move from bonds to big tech. Alphabet, uh, better better known as Google, even better known as G in Dan's MAGA trade, uh, might be facing some regulatory pressure. But it is closing out the summer, sitting on double-digit gains. And as we head deeper into the fall, Dan thinks Alphabet may be a good alpha bet.
5: Yeah, no. This is an interesting setup here because we know that it's just today the headline was that Congress, bipartisan judiciary. They're asking for emails and documents from these mega cap 10 companies. We know the FTC, the DOJ, um, and at least 30 states, attorney general, are looking at them. But despite all that news, this stock is 5% from its all-time highs uh, made earlier this year, and it's 25% off the lows. And it trades pretty well. And and I want to go back and I want to look at that quarter, that Q2 that they reported in july it was a really great quarter i mean they saw revenue what they saw revenue accelerate across all their major businesses here the capex is going lower the stock trades pretty cheap relative to its expected growth let me interrupt you because
1: yeah. we want to go out and uh, bring some breaking news on the resignation of bob eiger of disney from the apple board josh lipton
2: has the details josh
4: yeah, and Tyler, just now uh, getting a statement from Apple on that headline, and let me bring that, that statement to you guys. They note that uh, Iger has been an exemplary board member, in their in their words, for nearly eight years. They go on to say, more than anything, Bob is our friend. He leads with his heart, and he has always been generous with his time and advice, while we will greatly miss his contributions as a board member. We respect his decision, and we have every expectation that our relationship with both Bob and Disney will continue far into. To the future Tyler back to you guys
1: so what the reason here is is pretty obvious to me and it is that Disney uh, and Apple are going to be competitors in over-the-top services as simple as that right
4: well, time mean, listen, certainly these guys are rivals now, right? I mean, I'm, Apple just told you this week they gave you the launch date for Apple TV Plus, right. their streaming service. That it, that's going to hit soon, November 1st, for $4.99. Of course, Disney's own streaming service uh, is coming shortly after that. So they are certainly head-to-head competitors here, yeah. Tyler.
1: All right. Uh, thank you very much, Josh. I want to. Well, let's just I, put a, a button I, on that. I mean, here's a, the thing. On that, that here's minute, the I thing about that. Okay, so, so Disney
5: and Apple have had a very special relationship in this mobile yes. era, especially as it relates to media. Um, Lorraine Powell Jobs, one of the largest uh, Disney shareholders, due to her stake from her deceased husband when he sold Pixar, sold Pixar to too. Bob Iger. So, you know, I don't think you have to read anything um, into this thing. And I just want to make one point. An over the top service is one thing. What Apple is doing is they have an over the top service, and they also have Apple TV. That's going to be an aggregator of a lot of different services so i would expect these two companies to compete on some levels as all these big tech companies do but partner on other things
1: let's go back to your to your uh, alphabet thought there as i derailed your yeah train. no that's what i'm sorry
5: um so so here's the thing all right so when they reported in July, they saw like good re- uh, revenue acceleration they 're growing twenty percent a year. this is a you know a monster company one hundred and thirty billions in sales this year going to possibly one hundred and fifty five billion next year and they're also guided to capex coming in so that 's really good um, on the earnings front here so this stock had a ten percent gap in July after those earnings it sold off with the market over the next month and a half. The thing is acting really well in uh, in the face of a lot of really bad headlines, that chart right there, I'll let Carter speak to it. I know he's going to probably say it's a eh, sort of thing. I'm, I'm guessing that he's doing that right yeah, now. He's, 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 but uh, I, think, we don't... I think you have the setup yeah. where as you get into October, and this company's going to report at the end of October, you have the potential to kind of see a breakout if they put up another beat and raise. But I don't want to just be buying calls. You know, the VIX is back down here to about 14% here, and you say, ah, oh, I can just buy calls here and there or whatever. I want to kind of get the direction right, but I I want to get it right in the right way. So, to me, I think this sets up as a good candidate for a call calendar where I want to sell some shorter dated out of the money calls and take in the premium and help finance some longer dated calls that are going to catch that earnings event that I think will be the catalyst for a move back up to the prior highs near 1300. So, here's the trade. When the stock was trading at 1235 today, you could buy the October, November 1300 call calendar, paying $15 for that, selling one of the uh, October. 1300 calls at six bucks, buying one of the November 1300 calls for 21. That costs you $15. That is just a little more than 1% of the stock price. But here's the deal. This is what you want to have happen over the next few weeks into October expiration. You want the stock to continue to move higher towards that 1300 strike. The 1300 October calls that you're short will expire worthless. Then you end up owning that November 1300 call for the earnings event here. And to me, that's a good setup. I'm basically reaching little far out of the money, I'm picking a spot on the chart. That's the prior high, 1300 from July. If all goes right, then you maybe get a retest of that or a breakout when earnings come in late October. Mike, react.
4: Yeah, you know, first of all, I like call calendars a lot. I like Google a lot. I mean, think about it. This is a stock that's probably going to make 60 bucks a share. Uh, full year, and then 75 bucks a year after that. I mean, that's pretty good EPS growth. So it's a stock that I like being long. I understand why he's looking at selling those October calls as well. Those happen to expire right before earnings. The one thing I might say is that I, I would almost be inclined to reach out to January, buy those January calls, sell the Octobers, and then if things line up, look to sell the Novembers afterwards, because the November premium is a little bit elevated going into earnings.
1: Carter, any thoughts?
3: I I do. I don't think it is that. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Uh, or, or whatever you think. <laughs> I, I, I I like it. I, the issue is this: that that thirteen hundred level is like a wall, right? I don't think you exceed that, but uh, I think you can get there. And it's day to day performance certainly better than a, a, an Amazon or a Facebook. Uh, the issue is: is it going to be fairly short lived? If, and as it pops, does kind of what Apple did, which is pop and then fade quickly. Right. My hunch is. What Apple's done is what Google will, and that's what this did back that's in right.
5: July. I, I guess the trade here is, is pretty simple. It's up in line with the S and P 500. It's a big component. Obviously, big investors are underweight the name right now. You may, if you start to see this thing fill in that July gap, and then you get to earnings, that could be the catalyst to make new highs. Especially as people are contemplating what to do with the S and P, as we are now, you know, less than one percent from an all-time high. I suspect if the S and P breaks out, this name's going to be doing it with it.
1: Very cool way to do it. All right, uh, folks, uh, for everything options. Action. You can check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, check out our super cool newsletter. What are you waiting for? And here is what's coming up next.
2: FedEx, gearing up to report earnings next week. And if you're betting the stock will deliver on the results, Mike co is laying out a way to play the move for less. Plus, calling all Options Action parents. Reach into your pocket. Grab your phone and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And welcome back to Options Action. We've got a little more on Bob Iger's resignation from Apple's board. Julia Borston has it in L.A. Julia.
0: Tyler, that's right. Bob Iger's doing a statement saying it's been a privilege for him to serve on the Apple board, and he has the utmost respect for Tim Cook and his team at Apple. But, of course, Tyler, we know why this is happening now, why he's stepping down now. On November 1st, Apple will launch Apple TV+. This is its first big push into original content. It's going to be selling a streaming service just like Disney is going to starting on November 12th. So you have these two companies that for many years have been partners, Apple distributing Disney content, selling Disney movies on demand. Now you have Apple directly going into Disney's business into that streaming business. So now they are rivals as well. So a bit of a frenemy situation here. Certainly would make sense why Bob Iger would, would he would not be able to continue to serve on the board of this company, which has now become a rival of his, in addition to being a business partner. Guys, back over to you.
1: Julia, thank you very much. Julia Borston in LA. All right, let's switch uh, to uh, FedEx, which is gearing up to report its latest quarterlies next week. And if you're betting the company will deliver on the results, Mike Co. is laying out a cheap way To play the stock for a bounce, we call it his call to action. Mike, it's yours.
4: Yeah, for the call to action, we're looking at a call spread risk reversal. This is a strategy we like in situations like this one. Number one, we have a catalyst earnings. Obviously, we have Fed decision. That's another. And we've got trade issues going on. So there's plenty of things that could affect the stock here. The other thing is that the options premiums are relatively elevated. So we like structures like this where we're selling more options than we're buying. And then, of course, finally, if we're taking a look at FedEx, it's actually experienced already more than a 15% bounce off the bottom in the last couple of weeks. So the trade structure I was looking at, Was the January 160, 180, 200 call spread risk reversal? You could sell those 160 puts at six and a quarter, buy the 180 calls for nine and a quarter, and then sell the 200 calls for three bucks. Net, net, you're laying out no premium. And the issue here, If the stock goes higher if we experience some decay, you're going to see profits in that case. The worst case, of course, would be if FedEx drops below that 160 put that we're short. We would own the stock there. But taking a look at the one-year lows of 150, that's not too far off the bottom. And this stock is trading pretty cheap. And I understand there are some good reasons why that's true. But at 10 times forward earnings, I think this is an opportunity here to take a look at one of the stocks that is probably relatively underpriced relative to the market right now.
5: Interesting. Questions for Mike? Reactions to this? No reaction. I mean, listen, you know, there's an event next week, like Mike said, the stock has just rallied into that event. Sentiment was really poor, but the stock is cheap, and, and so if they put up a beat and raise, the stock's going higher, and Mike's trade structure looks genius because he sold the put to help finance the call spread. Uh, the thing is, if they miss and guide down, we know that the stock was trading about a month ago um, below 150, and it's probably going back there. It's not a pretty healthy-looking setup here. Well, that's
3: right. It has come up a lot. The low is 146. It hit almost 179. You're talking about almost a 20% move intraday low to intraday high.
1: Is that because of economic sensitivities, well, or
3: any, it's just all the same trade, whether it's an energy stock moving off the law of financial mm-hmm. a cyclical, industrial steel stocks, everything that's been cyclical has moved off, and FedEx is the same circumstance. The issue here, of course, is that this stock was at 268 and dropped to 146 just in a matter of two years, down 44 percent. So in many ways, it was pricing in what would have been, or and many people still believe, a recession. Right. It will have to deliver very good results to add on to the gains that it has already seen. And that's why
1: the risk reversal really is the way to do it. Mike, last word to you on this.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's not just the cyclical nature of the industrials' transports in this particular case, but also we have the issue that they, they may be facing competition in the form of Amazon. Few things scarier than that. But, of course, obviously I'd like to buy the stock a little bit cheaper, and it is cheaper if we own it at 160 than it is currently, and not too far above those trough levels that Carter was just alluding to.
1: All right, Mike, uh, gentlemen, thanks. Up next, tech under fire again. Regulatory pressure taking a bite out of Apple today. And uh, that and the, uh, could make things interesting for one of our traders. And we'll tell you why. Plus, it is Friday. You know what that means. Sending your burning questions to our Twitter handle at Options Action. And I might just let the traders give you an answer on air. Live at the NASDAQ market site Times Square, there's more Options Action right after this. And welcome back to Options Action. Time to check in on a couple of our open trades. Last week, Dan laid out a way to play Apple's big iPhone event. Let's
5: see what he said. If you want to play for a breakout, you like the idea of these new phones, you like the idea of maybe the trade war moderating a little bit, what you want to define your risk, the options market is saying you can do that relatively cheaply by just buying calls, let's say, if you want to be constructive on the name. So I would look out to October expiration and you say, okay, well, this week might be a little consolidation back and fill after no news on the event, but maybe I want to play for a move into earnings and then into these October um, trade talks. I would look out and buy the October 215 call paying $6.50 for that.
1: Well, the market did seem to like what Apple had to offer, and the trade snuck into the money before today's regulatory headlines and the uh, stuff involving uh, Goldman Sachs, the call there. What do you do now, Dan? Yeah,
5: it was interesting. You know, so when the stock was 213 and a half last Friday, those calls cost 6.5. The stock went to 226 yesterday at the highs, and this call doubled, actually. So the calls were worth $14. I think regular viewers know that when you have such a short-term move on something like that, you would look to maybe take half off and let the other half ride. You know, the thing came in here, you said you gave a couple reasons why it came in. I really think it was on that Goldman thing. That yeah. Goldman guy's a neutral. Uh, if that was a, a strong buy doing that, I might think differently about it let's see how this thing trades next week i don't know how you feel about it. right i mean
3: so it was 226 spot 46 i mean it really was quite a nice little pop just what you were playing for Uh, in terms of just day-to-day action it did close though on the absolute low that day and then gapped the second day so uh, in many ways that sort of minor high will stand for a while i suspect
1: all right let's go uh, back to august let's replay the tape mike said consumer staples might stumble
4: this is obviously one of the best-performing groups. It is a flight-to-safety type of an issue. The thing that makes me a little bit nervous is that, number one, we obviously have had a number of consecutive weeks of very poor performance in equities, relatively good performance in this sector, and the sector, to me, doesn't look particularly cheap. I was taking a look at the October 60-55 put spread. That spread would cost about a twenty-five.
1: One of the big stories lately, of course, market rotation, the defense's defensive's are actually on the back foot right now. So, Mike, what are you doing now?
4: Yeah, I think we stick with this trade. I mean, that put spread's actually declined in value. It's only worth about 40 cents. Of course, it could be worth as much as five. And when you take a look at the risk-reward, selling it here wouldn't make any sense. In fact, if I didn't own it already, I might be inclined to buy some at these levels rather than sell out of it.
1: All right, Mike, thanks very much. Up next,
4: the final call. Mike, quick final call. It's all yours. FedEx, call spread risk reversals into earnings.
1: All right, Carter, you got one.
3: Fade this pop in yields from 143 to 19% TLT your vehicle. Oh.
5: Dan, the yeah, last so, word is So with Google, I think call calendars set up into earnings pretty nicely, selling October by November upside calls. That was the Google call. Thank
1: you, sir. Thank you very much for watching Options Action. Catch us back here next Friday, 530. Don't go anywhere because you know what comes next. It would be Mad Money, which starts right now.